Hello and welcome to episode 108 of the Confident Live Marketing Podcast. We all understand that the world of video online is a very noisy place. If you're applying tactics without a strategy, it's just noise. Equally, if you've got a great strategy, but you're not tactically implementing it, so you're not actually doing the stuff, then that's a slow route to victory. So I think Anson really nails that. Well, hello, my name's Ian Anson Gray. And in this episode of the Confident Live Marketing Show, I'm joined by online video strategist, Ben Amos. We're gonna be sharing how you can use the strategy to up your business and be sharing top video marketing strategies to take things forward. So let's get on with the show. But first... Looks like it's time for something completely nutty. Top video marketing strategies for your business. If you please, we've got top video marketing strategies for your business. So you can be the big cheese. Ben Amos is on the show. He's going to show us all his tricks and tips. Top video marketing strategies. Got Ben Amos showing us how to do the strategy. Oh, is that? the end. Well, it's always time to get on with the show, but I just wanted to say, unfortunately, we had some connection issues or Ben had some connection issues during the show. So I had to fill in the gaps and uh, share some of my knowledge in the middle of it. So it's a little bit of a longer episode, but I wanted to share it all with you because Ben shared some amazing things, particularly towards the end. So do stick with it. Let's get on with the show. Welcome to the Confident Live Marketing Podcast with Ian Anderson Gray. Helping you level up your impact, authority, and profits through the power of Confident Live Video. Optimize your mindset and communication and increase your confidence in front of the camera. Get confident with the tech and gear. And get confident with the content Content and marketing. marketing. Together, we can go live! Well, hello, this is episode 108 of the Confident Live Marketing Show. This is the show that helps you level up your impact, authority, and profits through the power of live video. Now, in today's show, as always, this is a live show and a podcast, and this also gets turned into a blog post. The show notes will be at iag.me forward slash 108. This particular episode, we're going to be talking about top video marketing strategies for your business. And I'm joined by Ben Amos, and I can't wait to introduce you to him. Just to a few little bit of housekeeping things. It's been a few weeks since I've gone live, had a bit of a break, which is nice, but it's always a little bit, I don't know, getting back into it. It's always, always forget to check a few things. So hopefully the tech is going to work okay today. But just to say this live show goes live every Tuesday and Thursdays. Tuesday is a little bit early on. It's 11 a.m. in the UK. And on Thursdays is 5 p.m. in the UK. That is 9 a.m. Pacific. And we broadcast, of course, to a plethora of different destinations, including Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn, and more. And of course, if you would like to join us live, if you're not watching live, then just go to confident.live forward slash subscribe to be notified. My Facebook Messenger bot will kick into action. That's confident.live forward slash subscribe. And there's the podcast as well. Go to iag.me forward slash podcast. Well, this show today is sponsored by my good friends at Agora Pulse. They are a social media management tool. I've been using Agora Pulse for so many years. And Agora Pulse are very kindly given a really special deal. You get a whole month free just to start it off. So here's a little bit more about Agora Pulse. The Confident Live Marketing Podcast is made possible thanks to our sponsor, Agora Pulse. Agora Pulse is the all-in-one social media management tool. Publish, schedule, monitor, and engage on all your social media platforms. And with the social inbox, you and your team can manage all your messages, comments, and mentions all in one place and get to that magical inbox zero. And don't forget the amazing analytics and reporting so you can see how your social efforts are performing. Get your first month completely free at agorapulse.com forward slash confident live. You're listening to the Confident Live Marketing Podcast. Well, thank you, Agora Pulse. Do check them out. Let's just look before I bring Ben in, just a few people watching live. So we've got Annette McDonald. 
who is here. We've got Katie Simpson. We've got Diane Hay watching from South Africa. Great to see you. We've also got David Mead watching on YouTube. Excited to learn. Awesome. Annette is talking about uh, where she lives in the, in Australia, saying we're both pretty lucky. I think you are. David Trott is watching on LinkedIn. Great to see you, David. It's been a while since I've seen you. Sunshine Coast is awesome. Drove down from Fraser Island to Sydney a couple of years ago. It was gorgeous. Do you know, the last time I went to Australia was in the in the late 90s, so I think I'm due to, to come back. David, I'm very jealous. Martin Buckland is watching very early in the morning in Toronto. Hope you're doing well. And Danny Cleary is watching from Victoria, Australia. Awesome. Well, if you've just joined us, let me know where in the world you're watching from. And if you've got any questions for myself or for Ben when it comes to strategy for video, just pop that in the comments, put the letter Q, colon, and then the question, just so that we know that it's a question, but it's time to bring in Ben. Ben Amos is a passionate online video strategist, video producer, international speaker, and consultant working with savvy brands across the world to connect them to their ideal audiences through effective online video marketing. As host of the Engage Video Marketing Podcast and creator of the online video strategy blueprint, Ben's mission is to help other creatives, marketers, entrepreneurs, and video producers better understand how to attract, engage, and convert audiences online with video. Ben, welcome to the show. How are you doing? G'day Ian. G'day. <laughs> awesome to be here. Oh, and I got a round of applause as well. How about that? Well, you know. Great to join you. <laughs> we always we always like to kind of put out the red carpet, but thank you, Ben. It's great to, great to see you. And it was, uh, this is not going to help podcast listeners, but I just want to say how impressed I am with Ben's background. He's got a little neon sign saying strategy first there. And I like that little little plant underneath. I love that little bit of greenery there. It's still alive too. It's still alive. <laughs> it's real. <laughs> this one is not. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, that's my. That's no good to the broadcast listeners. I know. I know. Well, yeah, a bit a bit of a dead plant there. Yeah, I I I don't know. I, I love the idea of a, a plant, but I, I think I'd probably have to go for a fake one because I just know it would die. <laughs> I'm doing okay with this one so far. Yeah, well, well done. Well done. Well, that's great. So, Ben, thank you for, for joining us. You're from Australia. And just to let us know a little bit more, for people who just joined and the podcast listeners, tell us where in Australia you're from. Yeah, so I'm based here on the Sunshine Coast in Queensland, Australia, and been here all my life, apart from various stints of, in my life of travelling all around the world, including a period of time living in sunny England. But yeah, this is home. <laughs> Sunny England, yes. Mm. Whereabouts, whereabouts in the UK were you? So I was in London for a while. Mm. Then I spent some time in Edinburgh for a year and a half. And then I actually went over to Ireland in Galway. So, yeah. Awesome. Travelled around. Yeah. Yeah, as, as a lot of Australians do, I, I believe. We do. <laughs> yeah, but that's very good. good at that. That's good. That's good. We met, I'm pretty sure it would, it would have to be social media marketing world. And I can't remember exactly when. Can you remember where we met? You know, I think, I think mm. we actually met at the first Youpreneur Summit. That's it. You're right. I, yes. I kind of assumed that it's social media marketing world. Before the event kicked off, I think we first met um, at one of these kind of networking things uh, in London. Yeah, I remember that. So we had, I, th I think I was like, there was a breakfast that uh, Chris Ducker did for us at, at uh, Youpreneur and... Yeah, I was. I have to admit, it wasn't the biggest breakfast. It was like a croissant and coffee. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I kind of uh, just about, I just about coped with that. Uh, and but it was nice to meet you, Ben. Are you still there? It looks like you're frozen. Oh dear. Maybe Ben. But hopefully, Ben's going to come back in a bit. Let's just go back to me. Bet Ben is looking frozen. Hopefully, he will come back in a bit. But I always like to ask where I've met my guests from. I tend to bring in guests onto the show who I've met before, although I do have on the show, sometimes I do have people who I haven't actually met in person. But Ben, yeah, we've, we've met her quite a few times. So Ben is, looks like he's having some technical issues. I'm just going to just send him a, a message. You have frozen. Do you want to refresh? Hopefully he'll get that, but yeah, he's, he's, he's popped off. So I'll just, I'll just talk a little bit while I wait for Ben to come back on, but because sometimes these technical problems have happen on live video. So I'd love to know while uh, I wait for Ben to come back, what has been your 
what is your strategy when it comes to video and live video? I'd love to know from you watching now, how, how, does, how does it all fit for you? Because I think strategy is one of these things that is not doesn't feel so exact. It feels it feels difficult. There seems like there's not one thing that will one strategy that will fit all of our different businesses. But I I found personally that strategy is so so vital when it comes to our live video shows. Because if you don't have a strategy, you don't have that reason why you're going live, and it can end up you can end up not being very. Uh, efficient you don't be, you're not consistent with your your live shows and it can end up being a bit of a mess and that is not what we want we don't want disorganization because for you watching or listening you want you know you want to know that it's going to be valuable this is time you've turned up and you want to this to be valuable and so as a live video and video creator, I want to make sure that I'm delivering as much value as possible. So coming up with a strategy, delivering a strategy for your video, for your live video, for your social media content is absolutely vital. It's one of the things I've talked about before on the show that it's really, really important to come up with a plan. And I've talked about a planning document. This is one of the first things that we talk about in my Launch Your Live, which is my 10-day course that helps you launch your live show. So one of the first things that we do is we come up with or we fill in the planning document, which is think they're talking about who is your audience, what is your show about as well, and uh, putting that all together so you can then make your strategy as well. So I'm just having a, a quick look at what Ben's saying. He says, sorry, oh no, uh, not sure why, but the internet in the office is down. Well, you know, <laughs> of course, of course it's down because this is what happens with live video. Quite a while ago, last, I think it was last year, so I had Amanda Robinson on the show and long-time listeners will, will know this, but the first time I brought uh, Amanda on, there was a power cut in my village, in my town. And unfortunately that meant, well, no internet, no, no nothing basically. So uh, we had to reschedule it. So the following week, Amanda came on and then what happened then? There was, oh yeah, the internet went down. It was a, na a nationwide problem with Virgin Media, which is the uh, internet service provider I use. So these things happen. Let's look at some comments while I wait for Ben actually. Just try when you can. Hopefully, uh, Ben will come back in, in a bit. So, yeah, Martin is saying, since I gained my LinkedIn Live status, I was, I was so excited that you got LinkedIn Live because you tried so many times, Martin. I now go live with the Tuesday at 2 Eastern time each week. This has generated significant traction to my business and brand. Awesome. I am now planning other frequent lives. As you know, Ian, I have conquered my nerves to go live. You certainly have, Martin. So, Martin, what is, I'd love to know, you said it's generated significant traction. How, how has that happened? So, because I think this is, will be encouraging for other people. How has you turning up to go live on LinkedIn every Tuesday, that consistency, how has that helped your business and that traction? Because I think so many people, when they go live, they're not really thinking about this from a business point of view. And it's absolutely vital that we do. And that's what hopefully when Ben comes back, we will uh, we will do that. Katie, very kindly saying, Launch Your Live is amazing. Katie was on the, the last Launch Your Live, which was great to see you, Katie, in that. And you, you were just such an amazing contributor to the community. Just to let you know that the next Launch Your Live is going to be in June. So I will tell you a little bit more about that. You can actually find out more by going to iag.me forward slash L Y L. That's short for launch your live. A I I A G dot me forward slash L Y L. Yeah, village. Uh, I get confused. So yeah, I'm kind of yeah. It, I don't know whether it's a village or a town I live in. It's Cheadle. It's technically a town, but there's a village within the town. It's all very confusing. Annette is saying the internet is working on the Gold Coast. Just saying. <laughs> yes, I'm not going to get into those fights between the Gold Coast and Sunshine Coast. And Katie says, that's amazing news, Martin. Yeah, definitely. So 
I'd love to know, uh, Annette, what is your video strategy? And Katie, what is your video strategy? What are you thinking of doing when it comes to live video and your business? Just, uh, I was going to ask Ben about what he's been doing with live video and how, how did he get into all of this and whether he got nervous in front of the camera. I just wanted to say that, you know, the whole, with the, when it comes to nerves, it's interesting. I think everyone is different. Everyone has different things, different experiences when it comes to nerves. What I find personally is that I, I don't have the same nerves as I used to do. I'm a lot more confident when it comes to, to live. At the moment, for example, you know, I'm okay with this. I'm okay. It's obviously still frustrating that Ben can't be on and, and I'm having to improvise here, but I have a lot more confidence to do that and to improvise than maybe a couple of years ago. So the fact that I keep on doing this and I'm consistent and I keep on doing this has given me that confidence to do it. But I mean, I'll be honest with you, I still have those nerves. I still feel nervous now talking to you because it's something, because particularly because I haven't done it for a couple of weeks. I've had that little break. Annette says, I'm still too scared to go live except as a guest. But the fact is, Annette, you are going live with a guest. I mean, it's the thing, the next step for you is, is to go live on your own or with, with a guest as you as the host. So that, that might take a little bit more effort and time. And you've also got to be prepared for things going completely wrong. I don't know about you, Annette, but I'm a recovering perfectionist. So I had to kind of get over the fact that live video wasn't going to be perfect. So that's definitely one thing. Nothing working, uh, Ben is saying. Oh, dear. <laughs> Give it another five minutes, maybe. Hopefully it will work. Let's, yeah, let's see what else. So Annette, yeah, I just want to encourage you, you know, actually... People want to to get to know you, the real Annette. And if you stumble over your words or mess up with things, it's okay. It's it's because actually they want to get to know the real Annette, and uh, they want to 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 have that. So I, I I definitely would say that we've got somebody watching on on a Facebook group. I can't see who you are unfortunately because of the Facebook permissions. But saying I use video content to promote my magazine and newsletter. I'd love to know more about what your magazine and newsletter are. Let me know more about that. And Martin is saying, my viewers get excited for Tuesday at two, which I have been running just on Facebook until three weeks ago. I have tended to get a following who share my lives, but I already have a huge social media following, which helps. Use your network to spread your message. Awesome. That's great. I know you've particularly got a, a big audience on LinkedIn. And Gaty's saying, this is important. The nerves are good though, aren't they? So I think that's important to have some nerves. You know, if, if I didn't have those nerves, I think I probably wouldn't care so much and it wouldn't, I wouldn't be giving my all like I am at the moment or trying to. So I like that, Katie, and absolutely agree with you that Annette can do it. Okay, so David is asking, great question, David. And uh, he, he asks on LinkedIn, he says, which type of video content has had the most impact on your video, on your business even, sorry, which type of video content? So that's a really interesting question. I will say live video, definitely live video, but not necessarily in the way that you think. Because, so I will say what the pre-recorded videos that I've done on YouTube have done really well. So for example, I did my one on, I had to broadcast a Facebook Live from your computer. It's had, I, I'm not exactly sure, maybe 200,000 views on that particular video, which is very good for, for me. I don't have my YouTube channel. I don't haven't spent as much time on my YouTube channel as I would like to. And this is one thing I'm hoping to ask Ben about, if we can bring him on. And that has definitely done, those videos that I've done really well has definitely allowed me to do, to, to just to, boost to grow my audience and to uh, also with affiliate links as well. I've, I've done quite well out of some of the videos in, in, in increasing my profit that way. But live video has allowed me to get over that perfectionism, that perfectionism. So, and actually be really consistent with my content. So it's a great way of creating content quickly and easily. And this is one of the main parts of my strategy. I used to really struggle with blog posts, writing blog posts. And, and don't get me wrong, blog posts have changed my life. They really have. The amount of exposure I've got from the blog posts has been amazing. But the amount of 
procrastination that went into that was huge. With live video, you you schedule it and then you go live and you're creating that content much easier. I think it's a lot easier to do that than to actually create other types of content for me, even though I have those nerves. So I've created that content there on on live and, and on all those different channels. It allows me to go to be uh, to have that visibility across all those different channels because I use multi streaming. But the second thing is that I repurposed that into a podcast. So I'm I have been consistent with a weekly podcast since May 2019, which is amazing. And nearly two years of this podcast from the live show and consistent weekly blog post as well. So the repurposing side of things has been amazing. Now, you did say which has had the most impact on your business. All I've talked about so far is content. I've talked a little bit about there's a you know getting some uh, getting extra income from affiliate income, but the business from the business point of view, all of that exposure has actually turned into uh, getting more customers and clients. I've been getting doing a lot more promotion and what's it a live video production that side of things. Uh, it's been amazing from that point of view. So absolutely for me, live video has actually had the most impact on my business. I believe Ben is trying a full restart. So hopefully that will work. We'll just see what happens there. Martin is saying, great comments, Annette. I appeared as a guest many times, which helped decrease my nerves. They are, they are great venues. So yeah, definitely, Annette, do that. Get Be, be a guest on more and, and then just just try, go live in a group, go live in a Facebook group, because that's slightly less scary. It's not so public. Uh, and that, yeah, and Annette is asking that, is there a platform you suggest going live on first for the easiest tech before moving on to multi-streaming? So absolutely don't, don't do multi-streaming first. I would, you know, go live on your phone, first of all, that's the easiest way. Although having said that, using a tool like Restream Studio is just really super simple. So you can just go on there, you can actually bring in your guests and you can go live into, for example, a Facebook group and do it that way. If you need any help on that, Annette, let me know and, and we can do a few test ones for you. David is saying, what role does frequency play? I did a weekly show that was doing great numbers engagement wise, but then I moved it to daily and I struggled to grow the audience. Is more frequent only uh, always better? So yeah, that's really, really good. So I know that some people have moved to doing daily and I think it depends on whether you feel you can commit to daily. I know for me, there's no way I could do daily. I just aren't able to do that. And I think sometimes that's going to be just too much for people. So I would I would suggest that, that so the research shows that weekly really works. That weekly, weekly show is it just has that kind of sweet spot of consistency. If you can go to two per week, that's uh, I've certainly seen with podcasting, that's even better you know, growing your audience, uh, something about two per week is that is even more of a sweet spot. But daily, I think it can only work for certain types of industries, the certain type of content as well. So I, I would I would just be be careful about that. I would test it out, try it weekly, try it two per week, you've already tried the daily, I would maybe look at doing two per week and see how you get on with that. I've heard lots of really good things for, for, for that. And that's what I do with my live show. My strategy is to go live twice per week. My podcast and blog post is once per week. That allows me to create a buffer uh, of time between my live show and my podcast so I can actually you know, get it edited and turn it into a blog post. But it also allows me to have some time off so I can take a couple of weeks off for my live show. But the but the podcast still keeps on going, if that makes sense. So I, I find that really, really helpful. David is also asking, can you share your exact repurposing process? Does every blog post and podcast come from a live video? Really good question. Ben is saying, seems to be connecting. Hang on, I think it's okay. Well, hopefully, hopefully it's going to work. Yes. So no, I don't, not all of my blog posts are repurposed from my live shows. I do have the occasional guest post. I don't really take guest post uh, submissions, but occasionally I will submit one from a friend of mine who's, who's written a really good blog post. Uh, sometimes I will write my mega blog posts as well. So I'm, I'm aiming to do possibly two or three mega blog posts every year. 
And that's because when I do a blog post, they're usually about 10,000 words plus. So for me, what I do with my with my live video, I will then take that and add it to Descript. Descript is a great tool that will then transcribe my video into, into text. And then I then send it over to Natalie Haley from Hot Content, and she will then turn that into a blog post for me and also into little video snippets as well. I then send the audio to a podcast editor and they edit it for me as well. So that's that's what I do. I've gone into more detail in other shows. So if you go to iag.me forward slash podcast and you look at repurposing, you'll be able to see that. I believe Ben is here. So let's see if we can bring Ben back in. Let's see. Ben, are you back? I can see you. Can we hear you? Hello. Am I back? You are back. Something very weird happened. Never mind. You're back. And and okay. we, 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 you were, thank you for being, what's the word? Just keep, you know, trying and trying and trying until we got it sorted. So, <laughs> well, we are talking about live video, right? So we are. And, the, and these things happen. Um, you know, tech can, can go wrong occasionally. So we, had, we don't worry, Ben, because we had, we had some amazing questions from people. Uh, so I just kept on going. And Katie's oh, saying, Katie's saying, poor Ben. <laughs> And persistence wins from Annette. So anyway. Oh, I don't know what happened. This is yeah. uh, this is why I don't hang out in the office at 8.30 at night because apparently ghosts take over the internet. And it well, it, it, it could be everyone Everyone in your neighborhood is watching Netflix and it just died a death. Yeah. Who, who knows? I blame, I blame Justin Brown, who's now live on the I know. I can see Justin, Justin's going, hey, hey. Stealing my internet down the it, road. It, it is. Is he... To, is uh, Justin from, is he just from uh, down the road from you? Yeah, he's probably sitting in a house about a couple of blocks from here. <laughs> uh, ben has awesome internet in there too. Oh well, there we go. You're, you're back. Completely you're back. derailed your interview. Okay, <laughs> it's it's okay. I will come back to some of those questions from people. I, I will say, you know, so Martin says consistency is better than frequent. I just so I just wanted to say, ask you. So how did you? get into what you're doing today. I mean, maybe just tell people a little bit more what, what you are doing today and how you got into all of this. Because I think that's really, I'm always interested in finding out how people get into the kind of mad world that they live in. <laughs> sure, yeah. And it is, it is a bit of an interesting story. But for me, um, well, I've been in video of various sorts since, since I was a kid, really. Like I remember way back when, when my dad used to have a VHS type recorder, you know, camcorder, which had... Over one shoulder, he would have the camera, you know, with the big viewfinder. And then over the other shoulder, he would have the actual like VHS recorder hanging on a strap and everything was connected by cables. And then on the first shoulder, on the left shoulder, he would have the battery pack as a giant brick of a thing as well. And he would follow us around the house, basically doing home videos. And then I remember being fascinated by that right from the start. And then you know, very quickly as I got old enough to use the, the video camera, we started to muck around making videos at home and editing videos tape to tape, you know, like VHS to VHS, connecting two machines up. That just sparked an interest in video. I ended up, you know, studying film in, in high school and was inspired by a high school film teacher to go and become a high school film teacher. So long story short, I taught film and television for seven years before starting out on my own business and getting a loan, buying some video gear and starting to make videos. And, you know, significantly uh, there was a moment around about, it was around about five years into starting my business. I'd been doing weddings at the time, but I had started to shift into doing videos for businesses. And there was one particular business that I recall this really clearly that they'd spent about 5,000. Oh dear. Has Ben, has ben gone again? Oh. I think Ben's internet is not going well. Hopefully he'll be back. Never mind. We got, so Justin uh, is just commented, uh, Justin Brown saying, ha yeah, I'm outside on your Wi-Fi uploading some YouTube videos. Oh dear. Uh, <laughs> we've just got one of the, we, we might have to reschedule this. I don't know, but uh, hopefully Ben will come back in, in a bit. <laughs> I think I, Annette says, oh no, he'll have to run down the road. I think actually what Ben needs to do is just go over to Justin's and use uh, his internet. But but anyway, it doesn't matter. Frozen again. Let's just see. 
Uh, just, yeah, just messaging Ben. Never mind. Anyway, let's just let's keep on talking. So I, I found that really interesting from Ben, you know, what, you know, the, the, his journey and how, how it's all gone through all of that, that experience he had as a, as a child and, and how he's actually built upon that in terms of what he's doing now. Ben is back. Ben is back. Is it going to work? Is it going to work? Let's see. Let's see. Ben, are you, are you back? Kind of back. You're kind of back. You are, you are, yeah. Well, it just might be that your internet is just a bit unstable. So hopefully we've. It seems that way. We'll just we'll just have to kind of do, we'll do it in little stages. So. Oh my goodness, <laughs> this is fun. Anyone's still watching? Having a great time. <laughs> yeah. Well, we still we still got we still got a, a lot a lot of live viewers watching. So it's it's okay. And uh, Justin saying four G for the win, Ben. Yeah. Yep. Maybe, maybe. Well, I not don't know. on 4G now. I'm supposed to be on our lightning fast internet, but <laughs> yeah, anyway, I don't know where we got to. Yeah, well, you were, you were, sharing, you were sharing your story of, of how you got into what you're doing today. And I can't exactly remember where you got, you, you shared your kind of your childhood and your interests and, and then how that kind of went into what you're currently doing. Yeah, so look, look long story short, so we don't uh, lose it again. <laughs> Look, long story short, basically, you know, that passion as a kid for, for video production just led me into starting my own video business. And then really there was a point around about five years into starting my business when I was working with, with local businesses here on the Sunshine Coast and we were producing content to promote their business. You know, we were paid to make video content. We would hand over the video content and go on and try and find another client to make videos for. And that's what, that was our business model. That's what we were doing. But there was one particular time, and I remember this client specifically, where they had invested about $5,000 in that video. And we checked back about six months later. Everyone loved the video that we had produced. We got paid, we'd moved on, as I said. But we checked back about six months later and they hadn't really done anything with the video. They'd simply just uploaded it to YouTube. And at the time, over six months, it had amassed just 34 views, which isn't going to achieve anything for anybody, right? So I recognized that there clearly wasn't a return on that video's investment for that client. That kind of kicked off a journey of me figuring out what video marketing is all about and how we can apply video more strategically to our, our clients, our businesses that were entrusting us to grow their business using video. And so that's where we are today. Basically, that's what we do in my business. And now I also, through Engage Video Marketing, help other video producers all around the world figure out video marketing for their business. So hopefully we're still together and yeah. the internet hasn't dropped out. And uh, yeah, there we go. So that's, that's where we bring it to today. That's great. That's that's awesome. And I think this is this is so important because so many of us get obsessed by the technology and all this kind of stuff, whereas actually... The really important thing is the strategy. It's, it's not always the most exciting bit for people. I think, um, I don't know, strategy, some people just get stressed with it. I don't know. And I'm going to ask you a little bit more about that. But just, uh, so David, uh, David Mead watching on YouTube, he's, he's been very patiently waiting for an answer to this question. So David earlier, just when you were having your internet woes, was, was saying that he did a, a weekly live and then he moved to a daily live and he found that his audience didn't grow. And I was saying, well, it's good to try these different frequencies, maybe try it twice per week and see how he goes with that. But he's asking here, is it damaging if my weekly live is at different days and times? My schedule doesn't allow for a consistent day or time every week. And I've got my thoughts on this, but I'm just interested in in your thoughts, Ben. Yeah. So look, it is an interesting question. And I think that what you need to do is, is to focus on a consistent publishing schedule that's going to work for you, I think, first and foremost, but also for your audience. So I don't think there is a right or wrong answer to this. I think it really comes down to what are you going to be able to do that allows you to be consistent, right? Um, I don't know if you would agree with that as well, Ian, but at the end of the day, I think that so long as the audience can establish an expectation of when you're going to show up for them and that they are willing to show up in return at that same consistency, then I think it can work. So, yeah. But what are your thoughts on that? Ian? Yeah, no, I, I agree. I agree. I think it has to work for you. Otherwise, if, if it doesn't work for you, you're going to give up and everyone's going to lose. So for me, I have a con I try and make a consistent time for my live shows each week. I, I think it kind of does help. 
but I'm flexible with it. So if I have somebody who, a guest, for example, who can't make it at that particular time, I will change it. Sometimes I want to have a week off, you know, so I will not do it or I'll change the time. So I, I kind of like to be semi-flexible with, with it. And, 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 but then with my podcast, I'm absolutely rigid. It's every Friday and it has to be. So yeah, I think it kind of depends on your situation, but I, I like, I definitely like what you say there. So live video, Ben, I mean, you're, you're known to me at least for, you know, a really consistent YouTube channel and you do so many other things as well. And that's, you know, you, you've focused a lot on pre-recorded video for, for that, but, but I know you've done a lot of live as well. So I'd love to, to know what your experience has been with live video and how that maybe fits into your overall strategy. Yeah, hundred percent. So my, my strategy really is hinged on where I'm most consistent, which, which is my audio podcast, funnily enough, as a video person. And then over the last, really over the last 12 months, I've been also focused on a, growing a YouTube channel as well. After spending many years working with clients on growing their YouTube channels, with their video strategies to market their business. So really over the, over the last, really over the last three years, I've dabbled live video. So I've done some live video. I've helped clients with live video um, and I've played in live video uh, with it in a few different ways for my business. But recently, over the last six weeks, I've actually, and you'll be proud of this, Ian, I've actually launched a weekly live show as well, in addition to what I'm doing on YouTube, which is for my video production company brand. So I'm kind of doing it under that brand name. That's happening live every Tuesday midday on LinkedIn. So that's where I'm going live at the moment. Awesome. How, how are you finding that at the moment, particularly going live to LinkedIn? Because that's, it's like a slightly different experience, isn't it? LinkedIn live. It is. I, I, it's harder to get the engagement and the yeah. conversation that you might get, say on Facebook. But I'm experimenting with LinkedIn because that's where my audience is for that particular area yeah. of the business. So I think that if I'm going to invest time in creating content, whether it be live or otherwise, I need to be fishing where the fish are, right? Because at the end of the day, it's a marketing exercise for the yeah. business. That's why I've, I'm using LinkedIn Live there. LinkedIn Live also obviously has some benefits because of it, it's not prevalent on the platform. So it's understood that basically it's going to be shown to more people. So I'm still testing that to see the results there. But I'm also experimenting with, and I'm only starting that just this week. So this is completely new. I'm experimenting with the format of my LinkedIn live broadcasts as the middle section being a bulk of teaching content. So sharing valuable teaching type content on video, fairly off the cuff, unscripted, but obviously planning what I want to share. And then I'm extracting that top and tailing it for YouTube. So I'm creating a YouTube intro and a YouTube outro on the same day whilst wearing the same clothes in the same location. And uh, so I'm experimenting with, I guess, killing two birds with one stone and mm. repurposing my live content for my YouTube channel. So watch this space. It's still something that I'm working on. That's really interesting. It's something that I'm thinking about playing around with too, to experimenting with. I think actually experimenting with these things is really good because, you know, we're we, putting all that effort into our live shows. And if we've got a teaching element to it, why not just take that bit out and repurpose that? You're top and tailing it. So that would mean you're not just putting like a, a video intro into it. You're, you're actually turning up and saying, so in this, uh, in this video, I'm going to be showing da 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 da. I mean, how, how does that work? How are you experimenting with that in terms of changing that into a video on YouTube? Yeah. So when I'm going live on LinkedIn, I tend to kind of open with, you know, announcing that we're live and explaining the purpose of the live broadcast on Tuesday at midday on LinkedIn Live, all of that kind of setting up um, the purpose of the live stream. But then when I get into the teaching content, basically I, I have a very deliberate pause, not a long pause, but a pause, and then I go into the kind of guts of the video, right? So then what I'm able to do is to record after I go live a standard intro and hook, or hook and intro is the right way around. So Starting my YouTube videos, I tend to start with a very powerful hook statement, which is about what you're going to learn in this video. Try and lead with some keywords in there as well that I know are probably going to be in the title of the video when it's uh, optimized on YouTube. So by re-recording, not re-recording, by recording that after the, the live as a YouTube specific hook, and then going into my standard intro where I say, 
G'day, I'm Ben from Engage Video Marketing and on this channel I share tips, tricks and strategies to help you engage your ideal audience to action through effective video marketing strategy. If that sounds useful to you, hit that subscribe button, blah, 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 all that YouTube stuff, right? So then I say that part and then I go basically pause and then I, can, I know I can do a clean cut into the content. So, mm. and then equally for the closing. So I'm going to just do a closing, which is YouTube specific. So pointing out, watch this video next, that sort of stuff. So yeah, that's what I'm doing. And yeah. uh, at least the, the video that we did this week on LinkedIn live, it's, it's cut really nicely into a very specific YouTube video that doesn't look like it's been done as a live video. So hopefully I can keep that up. It, I like being able to kind of optimize what I'm doing as best I can. Yeah, no, I, lo I love that. And I think that, you know, the, putting that hook in at the beginning is so, tr so important. Something that I'm trying to do on all my live shows is so we have a live segment and then it's then optimized for the replay audience as well and for the podcast listeners as well. But any tips on constructing a good hook? Because I know a, a lot of people struggle with this you know how do you hook people in to what you're going to talk about because i don't see it being done that effectively very often yeah well it's a really good question and it's both an art and a science you know mm. so i think there's science to it around understanding you know how to hack human attention which is i guess the most important thing to recognize there is attention comes from relevance right so if someone watching a video is realizes very very quickly that this is relevant to me and me in my situation right now and what either I'm looking for, like why I've come to YouTube, use YouTube as an example, or something that's relevant to me. So the hook section in say a social media or Facebook video, imagine they're just scrolling the feed, what's going to hook them through the relevance to that person, right? So when you think about the audience first, which is where you, every good video strategy needs to start is understanding your audience, then you can create content that hooks the ideal audience in a way that's relevant to them. Another yeah. really valuable way to consider that is also the idea of opening loops in your hook, right? So you might've heard of this idea before around, if you can leave people thinking, oh, I wonder what he's going to say there, or I wonder what comes next, or, well, I have to keep watching now because he's kind of opened this loop in my brain and I need to close it. That's a very powerful psychological trigger in humans that we need to close open loops, right? And there are a number of ways to do that from a YouTube thumbnail, the text in the thumbnail through to the w words you say in the opening hook, or even using visual hooks as well. So is it, we could go quite deep into this, but that's some quick tips. Wow. I'm going to have to get you back on the show to talk about this because isn't it fascinating? I, I think I think we're both fascinated by this. The, the amalgamation of technology and psychology and storytelling, all this kind of stuff. It, it's just really fascinating. So I love that. We could talk a lot more about that. Just to bring in a few comments here. Mark, Mark Orr is here. Great to see you, Mark. Um, hey, Mark. Hi, I had to postpone my new live video show last month due to coming down with COVID. Oh, no. I hope you're all right now, Mark. Are you, are you feeling better now? But that's not good. But I'm sure it's going to happen again soon. So let, let us know when that happens, because I'd love to support you and what you do. So we've got David is asking some amazing questions. So thank you, David, for this. And I, I was going to ask you this, actually. You know, Ben, is there a reason why you're not multi-streaming your LinkedIn live video to YouTube in real time rather than the trim edit upload model that you're describing? Yeah, it's a really good question. And both options are completely possible and could be relevant in a strategy. What I'm focused on and why I made this decision is because my channel is predominantly teaching type content, right? So it tends to be on the shorter end of the YouTube spectrum between say five to 12, 15 minutes, that kind of thing. Whereas when I do live broadcasts, they do tend to be longer. And there is absolutely ways to engage people on YouTube to watch longer, particularly replays of lives and plenty of channels do that very successfully. But for me, because of the, the type of content that I'm sharing, I find it's going to be more valuable as a YouTube video to actually structure it as a recorded or published uh, YouTube video rather than simply restreaming to both. At least that's the decision that, that I've made. Uh, because of the type of content and because I'm recognizing that the audience who wants to, for example, learn like the topic that we talked about uh, in today's video, for example, 
was about you know five ways to to find great ideas for for your video content for your business right so there were five quick tips uh, which makes for a valuable YouTube video but it wouldn't have been as engaging if I'd left in all the live elements if someone was to watch it on replay and engagement and keeping that retention is is critical to YouTube as sure you're aware that's fascinating you see what I've done is with my YouTube channel which I'm I'm not see I, I think I need to work on my strategy when it comes to YouTube I did have some very watched you know frequently watched videos I've had one that has over 200,000 views but most most of my pre-recorded videos don't have that many and I've not really spent the time building my channel and so it seems at the moment I'm I'm going live twice three times per week would you say that for somebody like me it would be better to to work on that pre-recorded video to to get uh, to work on that and then on top of that go live with say once or twice per week to the YouTube channel I see I see quite a few people doing that that it's pre-recorded first live second or do you think somebody like me who is going live as my primary video format, that that can work on its own? I think it depends on where you're at as far as like how you make that decision. Because if, for example, you have been publishing longer form live videos onto YouTube, and so you've got that kind of history on your channel, then you have the data to look at. So if you pay attention to what's happening with those videos, whether or not they're retaining viewership for what you want them to, as far as like people are what actually watching those replays and they're staying engaged on those videos, which is more important than the number of actual views on the videos. So if you've got the data, then make decisions based on the data and the metrics that are available to you. If you don't and you're starting out, then my recommendation would be to focus on making pre-recorded or published or produced video content and do that, make that the best content that you can with minimal fluff so that you can get to the point. People come to your channel, come to your video, not for you at the early stage of growing a YouTube channel. They come for what they want to learn. They come for what they've searched YouTube for, what they want to engage in, not because of you, unless maybe you've built your brands in some other place and you've just started a YouTube channel there, right? So that's where I'd say that early on, I think it's better to focus on really nailing your your YouTube strategy as a produced video and then to inject some live video when you've built the audience to a, you know, to, I would say a minimum of a thousand subscribers on your channel. So that would be my recommendation. So, like, but there are multiple ways to achieve anything, right? So. Mm. No, I love that. I think that's really sound advice. I think that's probably what I would recommend to other people, but of course, so sometimes we don't follow our own advice, do we? <laughs> so, yeah. uh, very true. I, so I, I hope you, are you okay for time, Ben? Because I know you, it's kind of getting you a bit late, but I just had a few more questions I'm for good. you. I'm good. We had all the technical issues. Yeah. So let's, um, <laughs> let's, let's go where you want to go. Awesome. Well, it's just to, just to say, if you've just joined us, welcome. Uh, this is the Confident Live Marketing Show. I'm joined by Ben Amos. We're talking about video strategy. Um, so uh, we'll be with you just after this. You're listening to the Confident Live Marketing Podcast. Awesome. Well, so let's just have a look at the the comments here. Mark is saying, yeah, uh, all good now in uh, both you and Ben are my list of guests. Ben already said yes, no pressure. In. Well, I don't, I don't think you've asked me yet, Mark. Is, is that, are you asking me to come on your, your show? I'll, I'll think about it. No, of course, I'd love to come on. And that, this is a great question. I want to ask Ben this just before we, we go into uh, a few other things. Katie is saying, do you feel that losing the live comments on YouTube when repurposing it doesn't make a big difference on your channel. So I think this is this is one of the annoying things with Facebook and LinkedIn when you can trim the beginning and the end of the videos. That's what I do. So I, I trim the beginning of this video and it's straight into the, the main section of my show. But if you do that on YouTube, annoyingly, I mean, one of the things about YouTube is it doesn't just it actually physically re-edits the whole video. YouTube actually takes the time to re-edit the whole video. But the chat, the live video chat disappears, which has always been annoying. But I'm just interested in your view. And I, I find it annoying. I don't think it makes a massive difference to me, but I do find it annoying. Any any views on that? Yeah, look, again, it's going to come down to what's the purpose of the video. Mm. If the primary purpose of that video on YouTube is a live stream and 
you get good engagement on your live stream. So I would say then leave it untrimmed, leave it as a live stream and just position it through your title and description that this was live. Obviously you still want to make sure that in the beginning, very beginning of your live broadcast on YouTube that you are hooking people in so that they stick around past the, the live engagement stuff that they're not really engaging in. So if it's primary purpose is a live stream, I would, and you get good engagement, of course, there is good amount of comments and engagement, then I would keep it there. If the primary purpose is you're going live as a rapid content creation, so just as a way to get video content made and up on your channel with minimal fuss, then trimming it and you know getting to the meat quicker is going to be a better decision uh, for the end viewer when they watch it on replay, when they watch the trimmed replay, right? Yeah, I think I think that's great advice. And it really kind of depends on the type of live show it is. So if it's something like this where we're teaching something, I think trimming the beginning off makes a lot of sense. But if it was more of a kind of me just, I don't know, hanging out with my community and we're having a bit of a party, then I probably yeah. wouldn't trim it because the chat is actually the most important, well, not the most, but it's very important part of it, I think. So I really like that. Yeah, that you've affirmed my decision, which is good. good. We've talked a lot about strategy, but I think we haven't really talked about what it is and how we can actually get started. Because I think with technology, you know, we can like getting a, picking a camera, getting a right microphone, it's kind of quite simple in a way. Once we've made the decision, we can just do it. Whereas strategy as you said before, it's kind of an art, it's a combination of art and science. And it's a bit, I don't know, it becomes almost a bit wishy-washy and difficult to touchy feeling and difficult to kind of work out. So when you're working with your clients, what would you say is the, the what's the first thing that you ask your clients to do when creating a strategy for their videos and their, ultimately their business? Yeah, let me just preface this by the importance, like really reiterating the importance mm. of approaching video strategically, because Every social media platform is a video platform these days. And everyone in business is interested in doing something with video because video is everywhere, right? And it can't be ignored anymore. You know, they say that 2021, the year of video, but they've been saying that for six or seven years, that this is the year of video for business. And the problem is with that is that as more and more people are doing video for business, they're doing video as a tactic, right? Which means that they're just doing video for video's sake rather than doing video and ensuring that it's strategic, which means that they're doing the right videos for the right purpose and using it in the right way to actually get results for a business, right? That's the difference between tactics and strategy. There's a, there's a really powerful quote written back in 500 years BC by a guy called Sun Tzu. He was writing, the book is called The Art of War. So he was writing about war in ancient China, but the quote effectively applies to today in modern digital marketing. And he said that tactics without strategy, sorry, he said strategy without tactics is the slowest route to victory. Tactics without strategy is just noise before defeat. And we all understand that the world of video online is a very noisy place. If you're applying tactics without a strategy, it's just noise. Equally, if you've got a great strategy, but you're just but you're not tactically implementing it, so you're not actually doing the stuff, then that's a slow route to victory. So I think Unsu really nails that. And where strategy begins for a business is by really understanding who it is that you're talking to, understanding your audience. So that's where we start with our clients. And then there are six other elements that we, that we walk them through as part of building out a strategy, which we can touch on really quickly if you like, Ian, but it all starts by understanding the audience. Yeah, that would be great if you could quickly touch on those things. I, and I think that initial bit sometimes can be tricky. This is why actually getting some help from somebody like you, or at least talking with other people, they can help you tease out, well, who is my audience? That planning that you do right at the start, I mean, that was what changed everything for me and actually being consistent with this live show. And I, I suppose you'd also say that this doesn't need to be, you know, this can evolve, can't it? It doesn't mean that you're going to stick with this same strategy forever and ever. Would you say that's true? I mean, if you could touch on that and then uh, just maybe quickly go through those those six points, that'd be great. Sure. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. You're right that a strategy is an evolving thing, just like a business plan in a business, just like a life plan in a life. You know, you don't just set your sights in one direction and just blindly go towards that 
without looking around you, without reassessing, readjusting and adapting where you're going so that you get to the destination you want, not just where you thought you wanted to go back at the start. So you're absolutely right that a strategy and a video strategy for a business is an evolving thing and it needs to be. So if we think about starting with the audience, so really understanding who it is that you want to target for your video strategy, in other words, who do you want to move in order for them to take action with your business? Because at the end of the day, that's what you're trying to achieve, get them to do something with your business, right? So we start with the audience and then from there we can establish goals, right? So when we talk about goal setting with a video strategy, it's all about understanding what stages of the customer journey, to use a marketing term, do we want our videos to impact, right? So to simplify the customer journey, we talk about the awareness stage at the top of the funnel or the journey, the consideration phase in the middle of the journey, and then the conversion phase at the end of the journey. And we don't forget the advocacy and delight stage, which is after they bought from you. That's kind of the customer journey in marketing terms. So the goals are aligned to videos that impact on your audience at different stages of that customer journey. Does that make sense, Ian? Yeah, it does. Makes perfect sense. So from goals, then from once we've established the goal that we need to, we want to impact in a video marketing strategy, we use that to inform the content. So the content is what are we actually going to communicate in, in video or in multiple videos? So it's not about here. We're not talking about the productions. We're not talking about like, okay, so who needs to be in it? What cameras are we going to use? How are we going to get this made? That comes later. We're talking about what is the message? What's the key message? And how is that message going to be positioned in the right way for the audience so that it achieves the goal that we're intending it to achieve, right? So that once we've established content, so talked about audience, goals, content, then we talk about distribution. So we need to understand before we've even produced a piece of content, piece of video, where is this going to be distributed? Because the reality is, is that the, every distribution platform, and we've already talked a lot today on the differences between the platforms like YouTube and LinkedIn and Facebook and all of that, they all have their nuances. So you need to think about where are we going to distribute this content and how are you going to produce the content in the right way for that platform? And also, as we've already talked about today as well, then repurpose that content for different platforms. So that distribution strategy comes next. Any questions on that or should we keep going? I think we should well yeah, keep, keep going. No, this is, this is all amazing stuff. I hope everyone's got their pen and paper, not putting all this down on their notes. <laughs> all right, cool. Yeah, so distribution, once we've kind of established a distribution strategy, then we move through to optimization. And optimization kind of scares the pants off many people. But the reality is when we're talking about optimization in a video strategy, it's a combination of two things. It's understanding the algorithm optimization. So we're probably aware of some things you can do to video content on different platforms so to make it appear in the right ways for the search engine algorithms, okay? Um, and that's different for YouTube's algorithm versus Facebook's algorithm, LinkedIn's algorithm. We won't go too deep into that because more importantly in the optimization element is what I call the audience optimization. Because the reality is if you don't do the right things to your video content on the platforms that you're distributing them on, that actually hooks the viewer, the audience, that gets them to pay attention, then all the things you do with algorithm optimization is kind of, it doesn't mean anything anyway, because if you can't get the viewer to watch, doesn't matter what the computer shows them, right? So that's the simplest way to kind of think about the importance of audience optimization. And the fact is that all the algorithms these days are so sophisticated that they're actually designed to return the best result for the audience anyway. So if you can optimize for audiences first, then the algorithm stuff just kind of falls into place typically. So then we, mm. from optimization, do you want to jump in on that at all, Ian? No, well, I all I was going to say is complicated too. it's it's just like SEO for, for for websites and content. You know, don't you know write the copy for the audience, not not the robots. And it's the same kind of thing. It's it's we can get overly concerned about the algorithms, and actually, if we create that content that people really love, then the algorithms are going to love us anyway. <laughs> yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, and that's how it works. And it's it has changed over time. Like what you used to be able to do to kind of trick the algorithms used to work. It doesn't anymore in many cases. So from 
optimization, then we go into metrics. So again, we're getting kind of into the technical stuff here, but it's important as part of a video strategy for a business to understand what metrics matter for your video strategy. So when we talk about analytics or metrics, you can get overwhelmed by all the available data to look at with which to make decisions, right? What I recommend is that you actually take some time before you even produce content to think, what are we going to look at to determine whether this is even successful? What matters here? And what metrics are we going to pay attention to? So for example, in some videos, the metrics that matter are those audience engagement or, um, or awareness type metrics, which are things like uh, views and retention and comments and shares and likes. Whereas other strategic videos are designed to actually impact on conversion, right? So they're designed to make a conversion or a sale. So the audience, oh, sorry, so the metrics to pay attention to there, it's not about awareness, it's about how many clicks, how many clicks through to a landing page that actually converted into buying a product. So for there, you don't care how many people viewed it, you just care how many people took the action that you wanted them to take. So that's kind of the simplest way to look at metrics is only pay attention to the metrics that actually matter for your strategy. When I say only pay attention to, I mean focus on metrics that matter. You can pay attention to others as well. And then the final element to those seven elements that we've whirlwinded through here is production. And that's making strategic decisions around how to get the content made. Should you do it live video? Should you do a DIY style video with your iPhone as you're walking down the street? Should you spend $50,000 and hire a high-end production company to make something cinematic and beautiful with sweeping drone shots? Making those decisions around production should be based on the, the decisions you've made on those previous six elements that we've just been through. And that is, I guess, the simple way to kind of work through a strategic approach to video marketing. And I've kind of gone through that very quickly. No, but that that is really good. If that kind of confused anyone, we'll put this, all of this will be in the blog post at iag.me forward slash 108, I think, isn't it? My brain's gone too much. Yeah, 108, iag.me forward slash 108. So that will be available then. And thank you, Ben, for all of that. I, I'm just aware of time. We've, we've gone over quite a bit, but I just had a quick question from Mark and then a final question, and then I'll, I'll let you go. <laughs> so Mark is saying, Justin Brown once advised me to re-upload my YouTube live streams as separate videos as YouTube doesn't promote lives after the event. Any thoughts on that? That's an interesting one. I hadn't kind of thought about that before. Well, my thoughts on that era, uh, don't renege what Justin Brown has said to you, Mark, <laughs> first of all. Um, Justin knows his stuff. So look, the way that I would think about this is that YouTube's algorithm promotes content based on a whole bunch of factors that no one really understands, okay? I don't really understand it. Justin doesn't really understand it, but he understands him and people who are deep in this world understand it very well, in many cases, much better than myself as well. But the thing is that YouTube's going to promote content that people are engaging with and that is uh, proven according to their algorithm to be valuable as a search result or as a result to be shown to or put in front of a user, right? That's its simplest terms. So if a live video has continued to en get engagement and comments and uh, even as a replay and, you know, get good retention, depending on the content there, then it's going to continue to surface it in the algorithm as suggested or in search results and so on. But that's not usually the way that live videos work. There tends to be a massive spike of engagement whilst live or soon after, and then it all dies down. And so that's not signaling to, to the YouTube algorithm that this video is a valuable result to show someone. So that's why I think that uh, what Justin said is probably bang on. So hopefully that answer, I don't know if that does answer the question or reaffirm it, but. Yeah, no, that's, it's interesting. So it kind of depends again on your overall strategy, what you wanted to do, but it's something that I've been thinking about whether I don't necessarily, I, you know, whether I re-upload it or whether I kind of actually make, you know, split it up into lots of little, little snippet videos is something I've been thinking about for a while. So it's an interesting one. And I think you've got to test these things out. 
So I said, well, we, we could talk talk a, a lot more. There's loads of other kind of questions I wanted to ask you, but you'll, you'll just have to come back on the show and hopefully your internet will be all right. <laughs> well, yeah. So how can how can people find out more about you? We've got, we'll have links to all of uh, Ben's websites and social media channels on the blog post. But yeah, just uh, let, let us know and uh, whether there's anywhere, anything you've, you've got that we could have a little look at. Yeah, 100%. So the best place is probably uh, to come and find me over on on YouTube, Engage Video Marketing. You can search for that or go to engagevideomarketing.com slash YouTube or my podcast, Engage Video Marketing Podcast. So every week I bring on guests. Um, I've had Ian on the show as well. So a whole bunch of people who are expert in various areas of video marketing and video strategy for businesses podcast. But there's one uh, particular link that if people are interested in diving into video marketing strategy for their own business and understanding a bit of what I shared today around how to approach video strategically, then I encourage them to just join my free three-part video training, which is called Foundations. They can get that at engagevideomarketing.com slash foundations. And it's absolutely free. Uh, you can just join that mini course there and, and get the foundations of what video strategy means for a business. Awesome. Thank you so much, Ben. It's been great to have you on the show. Thank you for persevering with the tech. I know it's it's been a bit, a bit annoying. Uh, also, just to say that this Thursday, uh, let's see if this is going to work. Uh, yeah, this Thursday, I'm joined by Chad Illa-Peterson. We're talking, he's going to be sharing some top tips for using OBS Studio. We've not really talked about OBS Studio much on the show, although that's how I got into live video. So uh, we're going to be looking at some uh, kind of tips and hacks and all that kind of stuff. So I can't wait for that. That's uh, this Thursday. I will see you next uh, on Thursday, hopefully. And until next time, I encourage you to level up your impact, authority and profits through the power of Confident Live Video. See you soon. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Confident Live Marketing Podcast with Ian Anderson Gray. Make sure you subscribe at iag.me forward slash podcast so you can continue to level up your impact, authority and profits through the power of live video. And until next time. Toodaloo. strategies for your business if you please we've got top video marketing strategies for your business so you can beat the big cheese ben amos is on the show he's gonna show us all his tricks and tips top video marketing strategies got ben amos showing us how to do the strategy oh is that the end